Oh, <laughs> you son of a gun. You son of a gun, I tell you. It's a good thing we're just using audio today. I don't know why. Because <laughs> I look like poo-poos. You do not. You No. Okay, so we're not, not even just possible. using audio? Oh, yeah. You know, go, go right ahead. Use the video of this. Okay. No. <laughs> this is a bonus episode. Because we need a little fun in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna do some some wacky news. <laughs> and I closed some of the news for some reason. Good job. All right. But I found this website. <laughs> so the first one is kind of a follow-up to let me make it smaller. Ah mm. so that I can see you. Oh. I don't want to look at myself, but I'll look at you. That's fair. And <laughs> um, so the first one is kind of a along the lines of another wacky news we did in the episode with Lee titled. Um, oh, shoot. I just had the name in my head. The something pooper. <laughs> Illegal pooper? Illegal poops. Illegal poops. All right, so this one's in Akron. Akron? It's Akron. I just love saying the names wrong for you. (laughs) Ashtabula. Oh, boy. Where's that? Don't know. Okay, in Akron. Police (laughs) are currently searching for a man who was caught defecating on a car belonging to a woman in Akron. A photo of the act was taken by the father of the victim. According to the police, Lieutenant Rick Edwards, the man is in his mid-40s, and incidents like this have been reported since May 2012. Nin- 19 reports have been filed in total, and the cars have been damaged on the outside, the door handles, and interior. If they were oh. left unlocked. Oh, he pooped inside the cars. What is wrong with him? Um, all the incidents took place in the Castle Homes neighborhood in Akron. Some victims reported the incidents thinking it was from a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Edwards says investigators could perform DNA testing to try to identify the man, but he says for minor crimes like this, that would be a last resort. Yeah. yeah. If, if arrested, the suspect could face charges such as criminal mischief. Anyone with information about this man should contact Akron police. <laughs> Ooh. I like that people mistook dog poop for human or uh, for human poop for dog poop. Like, I think they were just hoping. <laughs> but like, how would a dog have gotten in the car and pooped? I don't know. <laughs> that was sent to me by a listener in my email. So it was a little while ago, but I thought it was hilarious. Thanks, Al. That is pretty funny. You know, you got to watch for those poopers. This next one's from Ohio, too. Maybe we should change it to Ohio, Ohio man. man. 
Yes. Uh, this one was today, well, it was reported today. Um, an Ohio library said a patron recently brought something surprising to their librarians. A poetry book that was 93 years overdue. Oh. <laughs> the Licking County Library in... Want me to say it wrong? Say it right or wrong. Let's see what you do. Newark. <laughs> said mm. on social media that heartthrobs the old scrapbook a book containing poetry from thousands of authors was recently returned to the library by a patrol the patron told librarians she had found the book among the belongings in her great aunt's house the tome still contains a list of rules from what was then called the public library of you want to say it i don't know what is it newark yeah the card (laughs) states that a charge of two cents per day would be incurred for each day the book is overdue that's a good thing we're now fine free, the librarian said. <laughs> what yeah. would that what would that be? How much money would that be? Well, 365 times 93 days. times two cents. Yeah. I mean that's yeah, because yeah, 93 times 365 times two. It's a lot of money. Yeah. it would be i don't have my phone i was gonna do the math on the phone oh i can do it on my computer i have my phone (laughs) here we go do the math and of course we're not including leap years in that because obviously you'd have there's a few leap years but times at two cents it's not worth the math times point zero two Okay, it's only $678.90. I mean, that's still not, you know, nothing to sneeze at. Oh, for that time period, that is a lot. Yeah, so speaking of sneezing, Tyler had to sneeze. I just, (laughs) achoo. Achoo. Uh, Let's see, the next one was... Did it say they put the uh, book back on the on the shelf? I don't know. It didn't say. (laughs) I'm kind of curious what a 93 year old uh, poetry book would uh, contain. There's a what kind of it's there's a video of it on here, and it's like a leather bound poetry book, and it has like Mm -hmm. an old lady on the cover reading a book. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I would be really curious what kind of like what kind of poets this contained (laughs) from 93 years ago all right you ready for the next one let's see where this one's at oh british columbia okay okay so this was also posted today a woman walking with her dogs on a british columbia beach made a surprising discovery among the trash that had washed up with the tide her own long lost wallet Marcy Callowert said she and her dog were on the beach of the remote island where she and her husband live near Tofino um, when she spotted something similar, sorry, familiar in the sand. 
I knew right away, she said, it's, it stops me right in my tracks. Um, Callowart, who chronicled her discovery on TikTok, said she had dropped the wallet into the water while boarding a boat in June of 2023. Where we live, we don't have a dock and we have to canoe to our anchor buoy where the boat is. Um, She told the Westerly News, I had my wallet in an unzipped pocket um, of my backpack. I had forgotten to zip it when I went to hop into the boat from the canoe. I heard a splash, but I just assumed it was the way that the water was splashing and I didn't think anything of it. Callowart said she had... Um, a diver search for the wallet shortly after it was lost, but they had no luck. She said the wallet, cash, cars, and ID were still in remarkably good condition after showing up on the beach. The only damage is that the zipper was corroded. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, I guess it's only less than a year, but still, you know, I'd be pretty happy if I found my wallet after. That's that's wild. All right. So I'll do a couple more here for you guys. This one was from yesterday. This one's a Florida woman. Uh. <laughs> a Florida woman took out her phone and started recording when a trio of masked bandits stole her DoorDash tacos <laughs> from in front of her door. Katarina. Um, said she opened the front door of her West Palm Beach apartment to retrieve her DoorDash order from Talkin Tacos, but she instead came face-to-face with three bandits who were enjoying her late-night meal. Talkin Tacos? My jaw dropped, she said. (laughs) She took out her phone and started recording um, the scene, which she posted on TikTok. Once they started hissing, I shut the door so fast. I was like, they can have the carne asada. It's fine. She said she looked out after the raccoons had left and discovered they had eaten everything except the tortillas. (laughs) Oh, those pesky raccoons. Gotta love them. <laughs> That's the, the downside to contactless delivery is uh, raccoons. Ooh, here's a fun one that I wish I was the one in the news for this. This one oh. is from yesterday. Mm-hmm. A Michigan man won a $500,000 prize from his the first lottery ticket he ever purchased. Not bad. <laughs> The Livingston County man told Michigan lottery officials he was com- um, compl- a complete lottery novice when he bought his his wild side scratch off ticket from the fast lane convenience store on State Street in Saginaw. Saginaw? <laughs> Is that how you say it? S A G I N A W. Yes. Saginaw. <laughs> <laughs> I had never played the lottery before, but I've seen my mom purchase tickets now and again, so I decided to buy one while I was at the store. The man said, I didn't know how to play the game, <laughs> so I took the ticket home and had my parents walk me through it when we, we revealed $500,000 prize. We didn't think it was real. <laughs> 
I wouldn't either. The man said his parents accompanied him to the lottery office in. You have to say the name because I can't say it. What, Saginaw? Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. When they confirmed it really was $500,000. We were in disbelief. I knew right then that this money was about to change my life. What makes it even more exciting is that today is my 21st birthday. Oh, my gosh. So for their 21st birthday, they got a... 500000 Well, whatever the... Scratch off you know, with, Yeah. The winner um, said some of his prize money will go towards paying tuition and studying abroad. You know, fun. Yeah. Good on them because honestly, like lottery tickets are so confusing to me. It's like. Well, the scratch, I always think I'm going to do it wrong. The scratch off ones. Yeah. It's going to be like invalid. Exactly. (laughs) It's so complicated. It's like, it's like cigarettes. And I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a smoker, but like when I used to work in retail in high school and like you'd work at the, the cash register and like you'd have the cigarettes behind you, people would come up and they were like, they want their gold slim 100 Marlboro Dale Earnhardt editions. And you're like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? But I feel like lottery tickets are the same way. It's like, there's so many variations. Mm-hmm. I just like the ones where you scratch everything off. Then there's nothing. Just scratch the whole card. <laughs> just scratch the whole the whole damn thing oh all right this is another one from yesterday a danish man earned an unusual guinness world record title when he managed to stuff 68 matchsticks into his nostrils yep couldn't go for one more like he doesn't want the funny number apparently not you know like okay Peter von Tangen Buskov, 39, yeah. was awarded the title for the most matches held in the nose when he surpassed Guinness World Records goal of 45 matchsticks. You sure goal did. Goal of 45. I like that the Guinness Book of World Records had a goal. We want to see 45 matchsticks in somebody's nose. And That's he's what like, we want hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I got 68. Surprisingly, it didn't really hurt, Buskov told GWR. I have fairly large nostrils and quite stretchy skin. I'm sure that helped a lot. I wonder if he has EDS. We have I was skin. just about to say, Tyler, I think we know a, a Guinness world record you can break. I don't have big nostrils, though. You Well, I don't know. Can we use both? There's only one. I said nostrils. Okay, I think we can do it. We'll make it happen. All right. We're going to try. We're going to try it. (laughs) Got to get 69. Uh, Buskov said he chose the matchstick challenge after researching different world records he could attempt. He said he doesn't think he can currently beat his own record, but he hasn't ruled out trying again in the future. For me, an increase in capacity would require some training. (laughs) Some training. Oh, or perhaps, no. or perhaps my nose will grow as I get older. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Gotta appreciate that kind of dedication. Nose stretches. We like go to a toy store and be like, yes, I need a nose plug. Uh, uh <laughs> we only have butt plugs, sir. Here's another cute one. What I have to do. This one's yesterday as well. 
Mm -hmm. An RSPCA officer in Britain set up his phone to film an animal rescue, but a curious fox snatched the device and ran away with it while he while it was recording. Animal rescuer <laughs> rescue officer Ben Fitzcosta said he responded to a wooded area in Bagshot on a report of a fox with an injured leg. Fitzcosta located what he believed to be the injured fox and set his phone to record video of the capture. There were actually two foxes in the woodland. Someone called the RSPCA to report that one of them was injured. Fitzcosta said in the RSPCA news release, I set up my phone to film and I was preparing to catch the fox with food and a grasper. He ran up sniffed the phone and ran off with it <laughs> the video shows the fox setting the phone down under a nearby bush and giving it a sniff managing to take a selfie in the process that's amazing it's costa catches up to the animal manages to get his phone back saying i can't believe that just happened it didn't make my uh my it did make my day, to be honest. I was like, it didn't. What? Right. <laughs> the video is very funny. I'm glad I got my phone back. I had to jog to catch up with him as I knew he'd dump it in a bush somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the rescuer said he was um, then able to locate the second fox. I did find the injured fox and managed to rescue her. She is now being treated at Harper Asprey Wildlife Rescue as she has an inflamed leg from an old injury. Hopefully she will make a full recovery. Well, that's an all around nice feeling story. Yeah. I wonder if the fox said anything. There's oh, <laughs> no. another lottery one. Oh, good. Uh, this was on Valentine's Day. Which was yesterday, interestingly. Two days ago. No, it was Oh, you're yes, right. It was. Never mind. And I was Illinois... making sure you were paying attention. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. An Illinois man's Valentine's Day was saved when he scored a $1 million lottery jackpot just three days after breaking up with his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> The Chicago man told Illinois lottery officials he was headed for a disappointing Valentine's Day after his breakup, but his mood shifted after buying a Monopoly 50 times scratch off ticket from the Walmart store on North Avenue in North Lake. After I scratched the winning ticket, I completely panicked, the winner said. I immediately felt my life change. I almost didn't go to work. <laughs> it's a million dollars, buddy. Calm down. He said the ticket represented a reversal of fortune in more ways than one. I've been going crazy keeping this million dollar secret, the winner said. Okay, first of all, this was posted the same day you won. So what? how long of the secret are you? I guess we're talking hours here that he couldn't contain himself. I don't have a special someone to share my big news with because my girlfriend and I broke up three days before I bought the winning ticket. You can say I haven't had much luck in the love department, but that's all right, because now I really hit the jackpot. Yeah, you did, bud. <laughs> <sighs> okay, this is Harry Potter news, but it's funny. Yeah. And she doesn't get any money from it. So here we okay. go. <laughs> this is on Valentine's Day as well. 
Armed police stormed a hotel in England on a report of a man armed with a large knife, but left after discovering the reported weapon was a Harry Potter wand. <laughs> he could have been what? shot, though. Like, <laughs> what was it? was this person like walking around, walking around with the wand, threatening people? I have no idea. Um, blabby, blaby, police. Uh, you, your guess is better than mine said in a facebook post that a number of firearms officers responded to a hotel in enderby leesenstire leeston leicestershire on leicestershire no leicestershire it is not how do you yes. spell that l-e-i-s-t-c-r-s-h-i-r-e how is it spelled shush all right oh i was right then wasn't i l-e-i-c-e-s-t-e-r-s-h-i-r-e yeah leicestershire no yes i promise it's leicestershire fine i can't pronounce anything all right (laughs) that should be a new segment tyler attempts to pronounce city names you should show me words and have you say them On a report of a man holding a large knife near the elevators, the officers located the man and quickly established that it was a Harry Potter fan with a wand. Thankfully, no harm was caused to any residents and there was no sign of Voldemort. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. In Leicestershire. Leicestershire. Oh, my gosh. Leicestershire. <laughs> oh, how do you, how do you how do you pronounce the the stuff that you put on steaks? Worcestershire. Yes, exactly, Worcestershire. Not Worcestershire, right? So it's it's Leicestershire. Unless I'm no, it's not. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, another lottery. <laughs> Lots of lottery news. Uh, oh, here's a f- romantic one the day before Valentine's Day. Let's get it on. February 13th, a Michigan man is trying to solve the mystery of a 70-year-old love letter he found in a toolbox he purchased from a farm auction. <laughs> Don't with these last names. Rick... Trojanowski hmm. of Grand Rapids said he bought the toolbox at a farm auction in 2017, but it wasn't until years later that he found an old letter stashed away in the drawer. The letter was authored 70 years ago by Army Corporal Irvin G. Fleming and was sent from San Francisco to Mary Lee Cribs in Grand Rapids. So if you all know this part, Mary Lee Cribs and Car. Irvin G. Fleming (laughs) let us know the letter featured Fleming's apology Uh (laughs) for a disagreement they had and professing his undying love and intention to marry her when he returns from the army oh wow it's almost like a true love story people just don't write things like that nowadays it's almost like poetry Trojanowski told WXMI-TV. 
to you like my facial expressions trying to figure out these things I do I love it so much Trojanowski is now trying to find surviving relatives of the couple so he can give them the letter I really don't have any use for it and if that's sad (laughs) and if we can find the people it belongs to the kids I think it'd be really neat for them what if they never got married though I was about to say like what if this was unrequited what Uh, if this was Irwin's toolbox he he never you know got up the gall to send it or maybe he you know maybe he died overseas or something before he got back well he did send it to Grand Rapids and it was found in Grand Rapids that's true it was found in Grand yeah that is true that's a good point but maybe so her maybe she... part, or maybe her husband found the letter, put it in oh, his no. toolbox, and was like, "She ain't getting this letter." Right. That's a. I'm really curious. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the chances of finding out what happens are, are slim to, to none. But you know, that's we can make really it up in intriguing. Our heads. Yeah, it's really intriguing though. Like, what what's gonna come of that? Did they get married? Did they make up? Did know. you know? Like that's fascinating stuff. What was the what was the fight about? <laughs> what was the fight about seventy years ago? What <laughs> that puts us in the the fifties. Yeah. So, yeah, who knows what the fight could have been about? Well, a Minneapolis couple recently detailed their own similar incident after finding a pair of love notes inside the wall of their bathroom during a remodeling project. Oh, Matt and Carrie Tesmer said both letters were signed simply John B and appeared to be written from a teenager to two separate objects of affection. (gasps) John B, you... Haberdasher. You rascal. You rascal. You dirty rat. <laughs> uh, that one's not Does very it say fun. what was on the letters? It didn't say. Oh, come on. I'll try Simply to. John B. Maybe he had a dirty mind. <laughs> I'll try to dip into those. Uh... You know, I have something similar. Oh, yeah? Yeah, this wonderful person uh sent a bunch of post-it notes to me what yeah what it's was really on them? all the best stuff like really you know it actually made me tear up yeah. um and I, I actually keep them by my bedside now Aww, so they're so they're sweet. right by me yeah and i like to look at them from time to time and it makes me think of them and it's it's nice oh it's really nice i'll always keep them with me though so What's your favorite one? They're not going to end up in the toolbox. What's that? What's your favorite one? Uh, There's one about sports ball. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds romantic. And it's so funny because unbeknownst to me at the time, I mentioned sports ball as they were writing the one about sports ball. Wow. Yeah. What a coincidence. It was such a coinky dink. Oh, I wanted to talk about this one because I saw it yesterday on a TikTok. Oh, let's go. Let's do it. I just so happen to have some post-its over here because I like to write notes on post-its. Oh, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you have some post-its. Too bad you don't have a pen. Huh? I know. I have, an, <laughs> I have a knife and I have a pickle uh, yep. object over here. <laughs> this guy. 
this guy. It's actually a, a stuffed plushy dear listener. And it and it sounds like this. Asmer. Ashmer. Ashmer. All right. This one is absolutely freaking fascinating. And I'm keeping watch on this on TikTok and I'm following the people that this is going on with because I heard about it yesterday. And okay. either way, either direction that this thing goes, it's wild. Okay. I'm, now I'm invested. I don't even know what it is and I'm invested. It's crazy. I'll send you the video because it's okay. Wild. Okay. Workers at a North Carolina aquarium were shocked when a stingray was found to be pregnant despite her only male companions being a pair of sharks. Crikey. The aquarium and shark lab by Team Echo in downtown Hendersonville said staff initially thought the stingray named Charlotte might have cancer when they started noticing swelling in September. Testing showed Charlotte was not only cancer free, she was pregnant with up to four pups. Brenda Raymer, founder and executive director of Team Echo, said officials have only two theories about how Charlotte could have gotten pregnant. Mm -hmm. The first possibility is a process called parthenogenesis, which in which eggs develop without fertilization and grow into clones of their mother. Right. That, that's asexual. That's what um, that's what happened in that movie we watched. Yes, it is. Uh, no men past this point yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember as soon as you said parthenogenesis, I'm like, wait a minute. Well, I've what's heard funny this term recently. Is we still need to do that movie um, for the podcast? Yeah. Um, but the the funny thing about that one is, I was when I was watching it, I'm like, wouldn't they be clones of the mothers? Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Just be a bunch of clones, but they were not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. A very interesting movie. I think it would have. Yeah. So what was? I'm sorry. I, I cut you off when you were no, talking. No, no, so that's fine. one possibility. What's the yeah. other one? Raymer said the aquarium has observed the process in sharks before, but it is far more rare in stingrays. It's a once in a bluest of blue moons experience. Raymer told WLOS TV. Raymer says the other possibility involves. A pair of male white spot bamboo sharks named Larry and Mo, who were moved into Charlotte's tank last summer. We started to notice bite marks on Charlotte, but saw other fish nipping at her. So we moved fish, but the biting continued, Raymer said. She said bite marks can be a sign of mating behavior for sharks, leading to suspicions that Larry or Mo may have had an amorous encounter with a stingray. We're either going to have partho babies or we're going to have some kind of potential mixed breed. And we're waiting for Jeff Goldblum to show up because we are Jurassic Park right now. She really said that? Yeah. (laughs) Raymer said DNA tests will be conducted once the pups are born to determine if they are the product of parthenogenesis or something even more bizarre. That would be so fascinating. Like if it's not parthenogenesis and it's actually a shark like, baby. 
shark babies, but shark and stingray babies. Like, what are they going to look like? Oh, here's the actual article about the Minneapolis couple with the remodeling the bathroom. Oh, okay. So maybe find out what the letters say. Oh, per- okay, good. Because I was very curious I, about Simply John B. I was going to end it on that one that we just did, but I oh. think this might be a good one. This is a great one. <laughs> um, because, yeah, either way, it's going to be wild for... It's Yeah. Did they, before I forget to ask, did they say, like, when Charlotte's due? She's due any, like, week now. So oh, okay. they're, like, on watch duty. It depends. I mean, they don't know if it's a shark inbred, not inbred, but shark combo thing of when she would give birth (laughs) it's a fusion it's a pop-up fusion restaurant Uh, (laughs) yeah what would they taste like i don't know but you know i i love uh stingrays i love stingrays they're my favorite don't even with me they're my favorite i like them i told you i like them i used to pet them at sea world oh i would love to pet one little stingray they're so soft they are, yeah. And slimy sometimes. Yeah, well, yeah. And they eat. Squids. That's half the fun. They they do eat squids. <laughs> they do eat squids. All right, February twelfth was, was when this one was written. In uh, Minneapolis. A Minneapolis couple remodeling okay. their bathroom made a surprise discovery behind a wall. A pair of love letters that could be nearly a century old. Ooh. Matt and Carrie Tesmer said they found numerous treasures inside a wall behind the toilet, including containers of medicines, glycerin, rose water, razor blades, and some Minneapolis-made toiletries from long-defunct brands. The couple said the most exciting discovery was a pair of love letters that appeared to have been written by the same teenager to two different girls. The letter signed John B., also known as Lolly... Oh, Lolly. <laughs> what a nickname. Um, mm. We're addressed to Hazel and Pauline. Oh. Both letters featured John B. declaring his love and devotion and asking each girl in turn to attend a dance with him. Oh, John You know, you got to hedge your bets. Oh, gosh. Um. Upon reading some of them, we realized it was actually probably more likely a kid, like between the ages of 13 to 18, Carrie Tesmer told WCCO-TV. They were talking about first lunch, I have study hall this period. The couple said Mm. they have not yet to identify John B., but they have identified a couple of suspects. John Pavlo, the home's original owner, lived at the house with his family from 1920s until the 1950s. And he had a son who was also named John. Um, John Joseph Pavlo would have been about 17 at the time when he lived in the house with his family. Maybe it was a P and not a B. I don't know. Yeah, Um, that's what I'm curious. Carrie Tesmer said... The second suspect is John Book, who was born in the 1930s, but was an adult when he moved into the house in the 1960s. The Tesmers said they found some of John's books, old homework in the attic, indicating he held on to some mementos of his teenage years. Mm -hmm. I would 
(laughs) I would love to know the story behind it and also why the letters did not get delivered and why they ended up in the, in our bathroom wall. (laughs) Carrie Desmer said a New York, yeah, a New York couple made a similar discovery behind a wall and we were able to track down the author's daughter last year. Dottie Kearney, 51, said, they're going to send us to another one here. Dottie Kearney, 51, said she and her husband were tearing out old walls from the Staten Island fixer-upper they bought in in the 1990s when they found a stash of letters written by World War II soldier Claude Smith to his wife, Marie Smith. I think it might be Smythe, not Smith. S-M-Y? Yeah, it could, yeah. Kearney, with the help of TikTok, heirloom investigator Chelsea Brown, and genealogy website MyHeritage.com, was able to give the letters to the Smythe's daughter, Carol Bolin, um, who now lives in Vermont. Oh, that's really nice. I'm, I'm, I'm deadly curious of what happened with John B. and and uh, Hazel and Pauline. It's probably John Book. I think it's probably yeah. And maybe like if the stuff was in the attic, I don't know what floor the bathroom was on, but like could have been that stuff could have fallen down in between, you know, depending on how the house was constructed. That would have been against code, but who who knows? Stranger things have happened. But like, you got to wonder, like, were those the only two letters he sent? Was it just Hazel and Pauline or were there more? And maybe he got a response and he didn't need to send Pauline and Hazel letters. You know, like it's... Oh, there's so I love things like that. I just and you would think so fun that to think like about. later on in life you would find Pauline and right. whatever her name was Hazel and, Hazel and like find them and be like hey I wrote this letter to you like twenty years ago right <laughs> oh uh, simply John B yeah but I was just seeing if there were any like other ones that I absolutely had to uh... that's a face that was a face Um, this one's scary okay Um, this was February 8th okay a construction crew working on a future college campus near a Florida airport unearthed what turned out to be an inert 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 Mm-hmm. World War II era bomb. The in Her- Florida. In Florida by the airport. Ooh. The Hernando County Sheriff's Office said the crew was working at the site of what will eventually be Wilton Simpson Technical College in Brooksville, near the Brooksville Tampa Bay Regional Airport, when they discovered the buried ordinance. The sheriff's office evacuated the area about a half mile in each direction and closed nearby roads while awaiting the Citrus County Sheriff's Office bomb team. Wow. The explosives experts determined the decaying Mark 65, a 1,000 pound bomb dating back to World War II, was inert. Inert. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. The sheriff thought because it would be so like uh, fragile. Oh yeah, and I mean they, they unstable. They still find them all the time in Europe. Oh, like, where I would go um, dirt biking, there were areas like fenced off because they said there's landmines under the sand and oh, yikes, they haven't yeah. found yet. 
<laughs> Jesus, just some landlines. The sheriff's office said the bomb will be disposed of by a crew from MacDill Air Force Base in Tampa. The bomb's origins are believed to be tied to the World War II era military airfield that occupied the plot of land before it became Brooksville Tampa Bay Regional Airport. The airfield was used for training exercises on B-17 Flying Fortresses and B-24 Liberators. Okay. So I wonder if it was just like a dead round that they used like a dummy round that was just for mocking up purposes. Maybe. But like, you got to wonder, how did I get buried? <laughs> how did that happen? Like, I don't know. There's a lot of buried, um, uh, like stuff like that in uh, Ohio, like on the Pennsylvania border. What are you trying to scare me now? Because that's where that's I live. That's where the Mothman is. Ah. He protects it. Ah. No wonder. But like, at least with like in Europe with these bombs that they find, like these are bombs that were, you know, that fell from the sky from planes that they were, you know, intending to have go off to detonate that never detonated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so at least like that kind of explains why they're like in the ground because mm -hmm. they hit with force. But like this one presumably has just just sat there and, and and eventually just went into the earth <laughs> yeah and then was found like okay well it does i mean if you think about it in florida in that area the ground is very wet so it possibly oh, yeah. just I mean, the... sunk into the ground because it was so heavy yeah you know that's that's a really good point could have been uh, you know a hurricane came through or something and flooded the area with a high tide and you know some just it got yeah it got buried under sand and yeah. Okay, there's another one I have to read. Okay. Okay, so this would have been perfect right before uh, Valentine's Day. So oh. this was on February 7th. Uh, a toilet paper company is offering members of the public the chance to have old love letters from their exes turned into recycled bathroom tissue paper for Valentine's <laughs> Day. Who gives a crap? A recycled toilet paper company that launched in 2012 announced its flush your ex program will turn old love letters into privy paper. That's amazing. <laughs> Mail us those leftover love letters taking up psychic space in your sock drawer and we'll deliver them to out, uh, out production facilities where we magically transform their BS into TP. <laughs> <laughs> now that's clever the that company clever. said on the promotional website because nothing says closure like knowing that someone somewhere is putting those sweet nothings exactly where they belong oh my gosh the company is accepting love letter donations mailed to the address in the united states australia britain oh and britain letters are being accepted through february 29th there you go so jump on it y'all you got some time jump on that yeah uh, <laughs> so do you have any funny news i wish but no i don't have any funny news i don't have a funny bone in my body i think we should do more of these tomorrow you think so <laughs> there's a lot of them there's a <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. 
I couldn't see my face, so I know I looked ridiculous because I couldn't see that I looked ridiculous. You know, probably but like I saw. this close because I was reading on the screen. No, you were not that close at all. You were, you were, yeah, you were a, a great distance, you know, perfect distance. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. And that's been the news. And that's the news with Tyler and Jordan. Mm-hmm. Because I can't say names. Yeah. <laughs> we to love quote Ron you. Burgundy, go fuck yourself, <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jeez. Wow. I... <laughs> Should we fire him? <laughs> oh, don't give him that option. I'll be out of a job. Your pay your payless job. <laughs> My payless job I love. Your pettyless job. Okay. Well, we adore you and we will do more of these Truly. because they make me happy. Um maybe you could do a cryptid one with me too. Okay. Cause it's kind of nice to not be alone sometimes. <laughs> you know I got your back. All right, always. we love you all, and love you as always. Like, follow, share, uh, do the things, and do the and things, do the stuff. Please do the stuff. Bye. Bye.